0: Welcome to Nuanced Beauty. This podcast is intended to be a spot where my husband Bill and I will capture some complex thoughts and challenge us to hold to our opinions loosely so that we can see the beauty in others and the beauty in ourselves. I want to challenge us to dive deeper into those everyday topics and those sticky topics that we might shy away from or we might bulldoze over others with our opinions. Because I think there's wisdom in this idea that if we all thought exactly the same, there would be no need for anyone else. So let's have a conversation and let's get nuanced. Hey guys Uh, welcome back to nuanced beauty Um, this week I have another interview in line for you guys Um, today I'm chatting with my friend Damie and Damie is a hairstylist Um, and for those of you who don't know which I think is most people I am super casual about my hair and i am sure that causes damie severe heartburn <laughs> <laughs> but she loves me anyways you know yeah. we can be friends despite the fact that i am just very like very cash about my hair choices <sighs> um damie welcome welcome thank you so much for doing thank an episode with
1: me thank you for having me
0: um to get us kicked off i wanted to just ask uh what got you interested in doing hair? Is it something you always wanted to do? Or how'd you kind of come about it?
1: Not, um, you know, I, in hindsight, maybe I did. I remember taking down all my Barbies and dolls hair and brushing their synthetic hair and making a hot mess. (laughs) And then like deciding I couldn't do anything with it and cutting it off. But I, I didn't consciously know I wanted to do hair at that um, time. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. I really enjoyed actually doing makeup. And I went to a beauty school, and the salesman was really good. And he's like, You should learn the whole look, hair and makeup. Hair and makeup? you could do weddings. Yeah. So okay. I um, went to beauty school and we ended up just spending about a day on makeup, and the rest was all hair. So.
0: Oh my gosh, that tells you what's more challenging, right? <laughs> I kind of fell into the hair
1: by mistake and it wasn't until I worked at a high end salon where I had all this continuous education that really taught me the art of hair where as when I really truly fell in love with doing it.
0: Okay. So kind of, um, from there, take us into your experience. Like you, you just mentioned a high end salon, um, take us back to beauty school and then going kind of from there, uh, how, like where have you done hair and such?
1: Okay. Well, my, um, my beauty school was correlated with hair cuttery. So if you graduated from the school, you had an automatic job with hair cuttery which is kind of okay. like a mom pop um go like in go chain. out kind of yes like a chain. A chain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay and so I worked there about six months and realized that was kind of just learning to do the same thing on everyone <laughs> oh, and okay. I, I just wanted a boutique kind of upscale salon I didn't know what it was called back then I just wanted something different so I just applied to a salon that I thought looked cute and I was hired um, and it ended up being an Aveda salon and Aveda is so good with their continuous education so there at that salon they had a level system so okay. I started at the bottom which was so good to not feel that pressure to charge as much as experienced stylists and feel like I had to perform as good as them. Mm. If anyone had me doing their hair, they knew they were getting a starter person or, Mm -hmm. or an apprentice per se. And the, my boss, which was also the owner would come and check my work. So it just gave me a space where I could make mistakes or I could just, be new and get experience through that. And they also provided classes every Monday that we had to go to. So it was there at that salon where I really learned the art of hair. And then, yeah, then I took about five years off behind the chair when I had my first daughter and um, went back to work by then, I had already had a second child, and I went back to work at a little um, salon in California and worked there about six months, and then went to a really bougie salon in Coronado. And yeah. It's
0: an island. Oh. yeah you say Coronado and I think of uh the hotel and I think of yes. this like sushi place because for some reason when I was on Coronado Island we had sushi <laughs>
1: <laughs> well if you're gonna have sushi you should on an island right yeah <laughs> yeah well I worked down the street from Coronado uh Hotel Del hotel. okay um, yeah. They call it Hotel Dell. It's really called Hotel Dell Coronado, but everyone around there calls it Hotel Dell. Oh, but it, okay. I worked there. Yeah. And it was, it was stressful. It was very high, high maintenance clients. And I had some really sweet ones too. Really awesome ones too. But I learned the art of the business side of hair and, um, just being professional and, um, it, it was a full time. I had two kids at the time and it was just, it took, it was, it was great, but I, it took its toll. <laughs> I got really burnt out um, mm-hmm. and I ended up going booth rent after working there for three years and booth rent was one of the scariest things for me because I could no longer use Aveda because Veda is very... Um,
0: Oh, like you mean the salon products. So because you right. went the route of a booth, like Aveda has a very like specific contract who can use exactly. that.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. okay. So you, you had have to, to be like adapt. salon. Yeah. I had to whole, learn a whole new hairline. Okay. And that was just so scary because I knew Aveda like the back of my hand.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, just trusting myself just to be able to learn something new when you're so... Um, just knowledgeable in one aspect of it and like having to switch it was scary okay. and running, uh, running my own book, books and scheduling myself and buying all my own products like it was just such a shift because at a commission based salon which was where I was before You don't book your own appointments. You don't buy your own products. You don't do any of that, but Mm -hmm. you only receive a commission. So you're, you always are paying, making the rich richer, right?
0: Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're kind of, it sounds like you're, you're limited on how much you can make, but it almost (laughs) sounds like from what you're describing that like a booth sounds like a higher risk because of all the variables that you have under you, but potentially Mm -hmm. a higher reward.
1: For sure, you, I, as a mom, especially my idea of success wasn't like everyone else's. My idea of success was being able to still help my family financially, still do what I love doing, but be able to make it to a field trip and be able to go to a show at my kids' school. And um, that gave me the flexibility. I could schedule my own stuff. And if I knew something ahead of time, I could just block that time out and be be there. That that's what I really love also about my my industry too is the flexibility mm-hmm. that you can have. Yeah.
0: And then that mm-hmm. like fast forward to most recently, um, it sounds like the the time that you spent um, renting a booth kind of prepared you to now because you're you're doing uh, hair from home.
1: I am so. I I mean COVID happened and everyone had to adjust during COVID. And that's what really honestly prompted me to doing hair from home at first just taking care of my friends and family and making sure they weren't making big mistakes with their own hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and um my husband ended up building me a she shed, which was so lovely and I loved it. My clients loved it. And they all came to me there in our backyard. It was wonderful. But then we moved here to Florida and I no longer have my she shed, uh-huh. but I, I do work from home um, because we had our fourth child and it gives me the flexibility to do it part time and still mom hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like you kind of, you've shared that Like, one of the beautiful parts about that, um, I think taking back to, like, your first experience in a chain place versus Mm -hmm. the bougie salon and then the booth Mm -hmm. and from home, um, the the client uh relationships like I feel like the first time um you did my hair so um a little more context um I will go a long time without getting my hair done uh Damie did my hair once last year and I approached her like maybe two months ago and I said okay lady I'm gonna make a commitment to try and cut my hair four times this year but um so I'm making uh you know for me like a commitment to actually like care about my hair but um back to the first time we got together and she did my hair she shared just how much um connection that you get like Mm -hmm. there's such a a cool relational aspect of Mm -hmm. like doing someone's hair for a couple hours and getting to know them and seeing them every couple months right Mm -hmm.
1: yes and you when I when thing about our industry or my industry that's different than a lot of people's is that we actually we have physical contact with our clients besides doctors there's not many people
0: touching people
1: yeah you don't (laughs) touch people even if it's on their head it's intimate so it does create a bond between you and your client and Uh Uh also just that one-on-one time of just you're faced with an hour or two with each other and that rarely happens these days I feel like
0: yeah that much time Um, of uh of like conversation like one-on-one and like focus mm -hmm. I mean obviously we all have our phones as a distraction but right being like um like I could see where you could have more space, especially working from home. Like Mm -hmm. the relational aspect is probably even uh, greater or better because you're kind of like word of mouth. Right.
1: Right. For sure. And you're inviting them in your home, which is vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having people come to you. It's, it's a sweet relationship. I I wouldn't trade it for anything. I get to do what I love. Uh And I get to be around people that I love and just that time together. I mean, I'm here for it. I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, I have uh a, a handful of questions kind of uh in, in the spirit of nuance beauty, um, kind of like trying to um think through like where the tensions are and such. And so um the first question that I came up with was um, how do you manage expectations when a client comes in with? A celebrity photo and they ask you to make their hair look just like that yeah
1: oh that's a tough one that's been years of experience and probably saying the wrong things a lot of times but um I I do you do get that always, often I do Especially oh, okay. well I used to especially when I was like when the Kardashians came out and everyone was bringing me The Kardashian hair,
0: their hair. Can you give me a description? I'm not like I told you. I am the place.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one, they they all have dark hair naturally, but one went super blonde. And if you're bringing me this picture, this then that's my opportunity to educate. My my, I want to educate you, right? And I want to just tell you. Hey, she didn't go to the salon one day and walk out like this, right? Uh-huh. Like this, these looks take time and money and maintenance. So if you're willing to invest in your hair and maintain your hair, let's do it. But most people don't realize the maintenance that's behind everything or even extensions. I I do I'll like to tell people, you know, you don't you don't know what's really their hair they've used extensions you know who there's all sorts of things it pictures are so deceiving
0: (laughs) oh yeah like that like that's not like that could potentially be a photo with um extensions in oh okay
1: right or or just they didn't they're not black hair one day and platinum blonde the next
0: (laughs) that's a wig will be like they have a wig
1: yeah I don't know about a wig, but I think it's just time. I mean, they, it might be a wig, but the Kardashians have the money
0: to. Do you think they have like a person (laughs) on staff in their house? Like just probably, yeah, I would
1: assume, yeah. I I mean, at least styling it, maybe not coloring it, that they might go to a salon for that, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. But I think at, at the end of the day, it's a relationship and it's built on trust and when your clients are coming to you for the first time I think it's a very delicate subject and it you have to approach it with um a lot of caution and not just say well that's not gonna look good on you you know you can't you have to be courteous but just I think Over time, and when your client feels like they can trust you, they're eventually going to say, well, why don't you just do what you think? And that's the best thing a client can tell you, because in those words, they're telling you, I trust you completely. And that takes a lot for people sometimes to say and and be able to do that.
0: Oh, my gosh. So do you think it's weird that like I came to you and I'm just like, I don't care. Just do whatever. (laughs)
1: Well, I, I mean, am I the anomaly? Amy? No, 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 no. There's different personalities for sure. And some people don't care. And that's fun. Like, I enjoy just, okay, let me do what I think. Um, but again, like, if you showed me a picture of someone who had their hair blown dry and round brushed and highlighted, I would tell you, well, Christina, this might not look the what same on you, unless you're willing to round brush your hair and highlight your hair, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So yeah. just finding ways to communicate what, what should be The level of effort it might take me
0: to like yes. maintain this look.
1: <laughs> yes. And maybe gotcha. show you some products or something you could use on your hair to make it happen.
0: Okay. So <laughs> then like with that, um, how this kind of ties in, but how do you guide a picky or particular client, um, into a better haircut for their hair type? Or, um, is it more so like, I'm going to stick with like, uh, the mentality that the client is always right. Um, or is there a little give and take, like Mm -hmm. guiding? There's a lot of new ones. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Do you feel like you had it more so at the expensive salon? or it doesn't make a difference where you've done hair like it's just the person
1: i mean i it's just the person for okay. sure i i think um the one trick i've i've learned to do and i feel like people really like it and enjoy it and take to it is before their haircut i'll go to pinterest or even on my own instagram page and find some cuts that I think would look good on them Mm -hmm. and suggest that to them um, beforehand and say, hey, I was thinking about you. You know, I think these looks would look good on you. And a lot of times people will say straightforward, like, oh, I'm not comfortable with going that short. I mean, in so many hair classes, they'll say, you're the professional. You tell the client what you should do. But then I have so many clients that sit in my chair and say, like, my hairstylist, one, they say my hairstylist didn't offer change. That's, like, the main reason people leave their hairstylist.
0: Oh but also,
1: okay. they, they felt like they weren't being heard. So I I personally don't want to make my clients feel like I'm not listening. So I hear what their request is, and I always try to deliver exactly what they're asking and if they ask me for my opinion I'll give it and it will probably be different than what they're asking for but I don't uh-huh. I don't push what I think they should do but if uh-huh. I'm
0: asked I'll, I'll suggest something for sure. Gotcha um <laughs> so that leads a little bit into uh the next question I had uh so you recently turned uh the big four zero. I really? Happy birthday, Davey. Uh, And you shared a very, very great list of just life advice. And um, one of the things that was on this list was uh, not using store-bought hair dyes. And I have a feeling that this has to do with, like, it's really crappy chemicals and you don't know what to expect. Um, But I'm wondering if you have, like, horror stories related to this or (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, for sure, especially with people trying to go blonde.
0: Okay. Sometimes. Like hair falling yeah. out?
1: No, like hair turning green.
0: Okay. Or,
1: yeah, for sure, getting over processed, frying, and like falling out. Yes. Yes. I've had that before. Oh, That's okay. not the norm. Sometimes it comes out great, especially if you're going darker. It's always safer to go darker than go lighter
0: oh okay like if you (laughs) if you were gonna do a store-bought box you mean or just in general going darker in in general
1: general. in general darkness going darker I mean how um safer but a lot of times when people do store-bought it's black you know and they didn't mean to go black you know there's a reason they go to school for this there's so much color theory it blows my mind that someone would just go to store and buy a box (laughs) (laughs)
0: like it it shows you on the back it's like if your hair kind of looks like this it'll probably look like this and if it looks like this it'll look like this and if it looks like that it'll look like that but I do like I've gone to um uh, beauty school a couple times because I am pretty like uh laissez-faire about my hair um Mm -hmm. I've I've done uh, beauty schools because I, I don't mind, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Like you could do some highlights, you could do whatever um, to kind of like give them an opportunity. And also because like legit, like I'm fine with how it turns out, um, but um, <laughs> uh, they, they usually have like a, a teacher come by. And um, they have like a conversation and they throw in words that I don't understand sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, like, there's like something about like the follicle or or something. And like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, I think you're like, this isn't going to take well or such.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the thicker the hair is, the more that, I mean, just that cuticle is just like, have you seen where people try to go blonde and it's orange? Like
0: it's uh, it, different,
1: yeah. Your hair, it, because it's, it's finer. Fine, yeah, yeah. It probably does exactly what the box says, but that's not ninety percent of the population. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Not everyone's gonna go and read what the, the box says, and that's gonna work on them because everyone's hair texture is different, and it, I I'm so coming in with much darker hair. And the underlying pigment of hair, like there's just so much color theory
0: uh-huh. that um, needs be you have to one take one. in consideration. Yeah. Gotcha. And then that probably like that plays into, like you said earlier about like the products that you're using, you got so used to using Ave- Aveena, Aveda. 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 There we go. Yeah. Aveda products. <laughs> And then had to change to another one. So I'm guessing yeah. they all have their own um, color line. It would be like going to Home Depot yeah. and, and looking at the Bayer line and then going to the other wall that's, I don't know, pick your, yeah. pick your paint supplier. Ugh. That's a
1: good comparison. yeah, it's just, um, it's not other color, All like there's basic, your color wheel, right? You know, color, um, That's basic, but Aveda was very unique in the sense where I could add my color pigment to my natural colors. So, for example, if someone wanted to go a light brown, but they wanted zero red in it, I could add whatever I needed to not make it red. Okay. Where when I switched, I I went with Schwarzkopf source cough goes comes already pre-mixed in this and so it already has the color pigment in it so I find the brown but but it's like a brown red or or a brown um not red okay like we would say like an ash brown so okay. it comes already mixed where with Aveda I could personalize it and mix whatever I thought the hair needed. So if uh-huh. I needed something to cover gray, I could add to it. I, if I needed anti-red, I could add to it, et cetera.
0: Okay. Um, so it just takes a Sounds minute. Sounds like you're a, a mixologist. Is that a word that you use? For sure. A mixologist? Yeah,
1: like a chemist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're, And you're also taking into account what's going on at the root. And then the mid-shaft and the ends. So you mm-hmm. might have to mix different things for different areas of the head. So there's a lot of things. But, I mean, going back to just professional products as opposed to store-bought products, it, I like to compare it to, like, do you, like, eating whole, right? When we try to eat whole, uh-huh. we are we go, we eat healthier foods. We go to, you know, whole foods. Get the more or, nutrient-dense, or, yes, organic, yes, not treated. Yeah, that's my idea of what professional hair products are. Or you can go to McDonald's. That's the grocery store stuff. <laughs>
0: there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's the center aisles of the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, I got gotcha. you. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. If I, uh, hey. I'm sorry.
1: Also, just to throw in there, a side note is, when you're buying products from a hairstylist, you're also supporting her business. So that's also almost worth sometimes paying a few extra dollars even if it's also not if you don't care about the quality of product but Mm -hmm. a lot of times hairstylists are moms and that extra income from the commission they make from their products pays Mm -hmm. for their kids soccer you know so there's also that um, small business mindset right to help support someone if you buy products from them
0: mm-hmm that's a good point um you had kind of mentioned like uh going back to all the various um settings that you have done hair and mm-hmm. um if a fellow hairstylist happened to be listening to this episode um and they're feeling stuck or they've only done one of the many like ways of working in professionally as a hairstylist um how would you encourage them to branch out if they're, if they're feeling like they need to change things up? Right. Well, um, my, I,
1: I feel like I've come full circle, right. With, with all the places I've worked and all the experiences I've had, but I don't think I could have started off working at home. Okay. I think it was necessary for me to work at the commission based to learn.
0: Like learn your craft.
1: You know, learn my craft for sure. And then the booth rent to learn how to run a business. And now working from home, I'm confident in all those other areas mm-hmm. where if I had gone from beauty school to just work from home and I didn't have a clientele or anything like that. Or even that confidence, I don't know that I would have been successful. For one, so that's one thing I would say is like you're where you're at, like wherever you are, learn as much as you can. Get as much education as you can. Learn from other girls around you, the other hairstylists, you know. And I I think like I was saying about the booth rent, right? that was my idea of success is having that flexibility of my schedule Mm -hmm. but it wasn't so that I could go it wasn't I I do see sometimes where hairstylists would be like well I'm gonna take the day off I'm gonna go to the beach so I'm just gonna move my clients to tomorrow well that that's not taking your business seriously either
0: oh yeah you might lose some clients yeah
1: right yeah you gotta still treat it um
0: with a level of well, professionally yeah with commitment
1: mm-hmm. for sure so i would say you, um, if you know you need a change because a lot of hair salons can be super toxic too it's a lot of drama <laughs> it's not always wonderful Mm -hmm. So finding, finding a good place where girl, other, other stylists, not just girls, there's plenty of men there too, but um, will build you up and it's not toxic or you can ask questions and you feel safe and you kind of have each other's backs. That's important. And just, Going booth rent was one of the scariest things for me, but for sure, I it was my happy spot is owning my own business and doing my, being my own
0: boss. Okay.
1: That to me was the best, but also the
0: scariest. <laughs> the biggest jump maybe. Yeah. The biggest jump. Yes. Cool. Well, Damie, thank you for Sitting down and chatting with me about hair and all things, um, I loved our little side tangent combo about the Kardashians and their hair because I legit, man, I tell you, I do not, like, I really, I don't, I don't look at hair much. It's just, it's just not what makes me tick. But when you like brought that up, I'm like, oh, that's an interesting thought. Like, I've never paid attention to that so I feel like the next time I see a picture of the Kardashians I'm mm-hmm. gonna be analyzing their hair okay
1: yeah and I don't know for sure I know for sure Shakira I saw a picture of her and it was like chin length. I'm like what happened to all her hair oh, oh man right. she has extension
0: <laughs> oh yeah because her hair always looked like yeah. wild mm-hmm. like very floofy and like out there Half of what, most of what you see in Hollywood is not
1: real. Let's just put that out uh, there. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for um, chatting with me today. Any closing thoughts, any final encouragements um, or how about um, a last thought Um how would you encourage um, a person who might be listening to this, who's not a hairstylist, um, how would you encourage them if they feel like they're in a rut with their hair, like to chat with their stylist?
1: Hmm. I mean, for me, pictures, What what's the saying? Pictures are worth a thousand words. I don't know. Um, oh, okay. I don't know yeah. things. <laughs> there is some sort of saying like that, but pictures are wonderful. Um, If you, go through, um, pictures and find things you like for sure. Show them to your hairstylist and, um, she'll let you know, hopefully if it's, it would work for you or not, but then begin
0: the delicate dance of (laughs) (laughs) the level of maintenance or if it's possible or how often you're going to be back in my chair in order to maintain Mm -hmm. said style. (laughs) Right, right. Got and, it. I
1: mean, a lot of times people just don't speak hair. So pictures are helpful, but mm-hmm. just keeping an open mind that it's not going to look exactly like that because, a, in essence, a hairstylist is an artist. So we have our own art and it, it all looks slightly different because that's how we do our thing.
0: Alright, guys thanks for tuning in to today's interview i'm sure you love hearing bill and i chat about various topics but truly in the heart of nuance it is wonderful to bring on a guest and have a conversation so i hope you enjoyed and until next time